You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, it's myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show this week. Looking forward to a bit of a different show this week. Uh, I was going to say we're going to be joined on the show by Joyke Bell of the, the Detroit Lions, but... While Jack will be on the show today, it won't be uh, live talking with me. DJ was down in Dublin last week as Elvery's launched the uh, new range of NFL gear in Ireland and they're going to be the official merchandiser of NFL products throughout the country. While uh, so far it's you know a mixture of the teams, we'll say, uh, of gear available, it will ramp up to all 32 teams. So it's a big step forward as it was currently before this. We would have to use NFL Shop, NFL.com or so on to buy the uh, official NFL merchandise. So a big step forward there, saving on postage and packaging and so on here. So uh, DJ was down at that. Joyke Bell was there to launch the event. There was a number of Irish writers and uh, that down at the event. So... We uh, we have the Q&A from that that was done, some very interesting thoughts, and some uh, he seemed to come across as a very nice guy, DJ was down at it, and he thought that he, he come across as a very, very nice guy, and uh, some very interesting answers to the questions put to him, so that'll be coming up later in the show, the question and answer session with Joyke Bell of the Detroit Lions. Before that, I'm going to take a quick run through some of the NFL news of the week. As it is the, the off-season, it is uh, good news to report that um, as of this time of recording, there has been no arrests in the NFL over the over the past week and uh, since I recorded last. And that's always good in the off-season because around this time of year, the players often tend to get themselves into a lot of trouble. Over the weekend, uh, there was, a, obviously, as a Packers fan, a big celebration up in Green Bay as Brett Favre's number was retired. He was inducted into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, uh, I would say, Maybe Aaron Rodgers will surpass him, but uh, at the moment has to be the uh, probably I'd say the greatest Packers player of all time, and they have had quite a number of absolutely amazing players in their time. Even you know the quarterback position. Some people argue that Bart Starr is still uh, the best quarterback ever to play for the Packers over Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So, but uh, not all all seem to go down. I watched it uh, live as it happened. Very, very uh, good event, ran well by the Packers, and of course, Brett Favre on the field at Lambeau, the, the stadium sold out to capacity, uh, you know, he said he didn't realise what sort of, you know, the whole problem all along was that would he get a good reception, would half the stadium boo, would half the stadium applaud, but a, a unanimous stand innovation as he came onto the field, and uh, you could see he was moved to tears on a number of occasions, and uh, I enjoyed some of the interviews over the weekend, but uh, one of the all-time greats in the NFL, and uh, I tweeted out after it, after watching another documentary over the weekend, I was doing, you know, re-watching some stuff, and there was one up on uh, Packers.com, and I'm talking about Brett Favre and how they traded a first-round pick for him after he was drafted in the second round by the Atlanta Falcons the previous year, and I was asking if, you know, Johnny Manziel, by all accounts, his first season in the NFL seems to be a, a train wreck, but uh, when you're looking at Brett Favre, didn't have a good season, didn't take any real snaps in, in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons, then uh, you know his most famous party trick was before the games that uh, the coach would bet some of the players that uh, Brett Favre, who he called Mississippi, could throw the ball into the top deck of uh, the the stadiums as they travelled around the NFL. And uh, with the arm that Brett had, he could do that, and they won a couple of dollars along the way. But you know that was kind of what he was remembered for in his first season. And you know nobody around the league, outside of the people in the the Falcons organization, really knew that. Obviously, the, the Packers uh, liked him, took a chance on him, and the, as they say, the rest is history. But when you look back now and you look at the some of the quarterbacks, we're so quick to write off some of these quarterbacks as not having the arm strength, not being good enough. 
even if they haven't had a proper chance yet. And, you know, it's interesting to see that when they traded uh, that first round pick for him, you couldn't really uh, judge. And it was also that they reckoned that he could play for four or five more years with his with his hip injury or his hip issues, we may, may call them. It wasn't really an injury, just more of an issue. And uh, it, it, it's amazing the way it all turned out. And uh, all the Packers fans uh, worldwide will uh, join him in. And uh, it's great to have his number retired and uh, to have him in the Packers Hall of Fame and it's only a matter of time before he goes into into Canton into the the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. Speaking on the Packers, uh, Ted Thompson was out talking as well this weekend. He was talking about the preseason. We have seen a lot of things over the last few years. The Pro Bowl has had some little changes and tweaks to it. We've seen now with the point after this season is going to have some tweaks to it. And there's been lots and little bits of pieces having alterations uh, as we move forward here. And I think uh, he was kind of talking about the next one possibly to come up could be changing the preseason from uh, the current four game schedule to three games so he was talking about player safety how people are trying to you know make it better for the players and if you think back to 30 40 years ago when they were doing these preseason games it was more about getting guys who might have had another job on the side uh, hadn't been training properly in the off season to get them into shape maybe lose some of the beer gut or so on and so forth and if you look back uh, and compare it to this time now the players are in uh, their off-season programs even when they're away from the team keeping themselves in shape and so much money involved and so on and I just think uh, that fourth preseason game when you look there's not many starters around the league it does give you a chance to look at the rookie players maybe some of the free agents but you know as a whole the, the game doesn't hold any real significant meaning at this present time and a lot of the teams probably would be on board with uh, changing that there but it was just something that Ted Thompson was talking about at the weekend while there was a lot of media attention around the Green Bay area. On the subject of quarterbacks, uh, another man who has done a significantly good job over the last 10 years playing quarterback in the National Football League is Philip Rivers. There was a lot of speculation pre-draft around would uh, maybe Tennessee Titans make a move to try and get him for that second overall pick. Obviously nothing came out of that, but the, the Chargers now seem to be uh, hoping that they can get Rivers signed to a new contract. There was talk off while the team moved to L.A. Rivers doesn't seem to want to move to L.A. if the team went that way. But they're trying to trying to get him signed to a new long-term contract. And, uh, of course, if you're the Chargers, it is what you would like to get done because he's he's been vital to any success they've had over the last you know five ten years and although the team hasn't had major success if they didn't have Philip Rivers they would have a lot less he's a player uh, kind of in the in the, you know, the mold of Tony Romo where sometimes he gets too much credit when they're going well sometimes he gets too much criticism when things aren't going their way but uh, you know he got comeback player of the year which I still question uh, two years ago when all he came back from was playing terribly the year before but he, he's had a consistent run now for two or three years and uh, I expect them to, to meet and uh, to agree on a contract but again I think this is more down to Philip Rivers and if he wants to, to move if the team moves to LA whether he wants to stay with the team long term and at the end of it all if uh, if the money can be agreed I'm sure Philip Rivers will sign the dotted line there but good news for Chargers fans but again not coming as much as a surprise to uh, anyone that <laughs> anyone around the Charger, Charger, Chargers organisation. Again, not coming as too much of a surprise to anyone around the Chargers organization on that one. A man who will be testing free agency next year. There's a lot of talk in the Seahawks about Russell Wilson, his contract and so on. But a man who will be hitting free agency at the same time as Russell Wilson, if Russell doesn't get that contract signed, is Russell Lacoon off the Seahawks tackle for them. And he, he signed what the Seahawks uh, out of the draft before the, the kind of collective bargain agreement, the, the kind of rookie wage scale was structured. And he signed a six-year contract with them at the time. And he was a six-round pick. So you think about six-round pick now, they're not getting this sort of money. And he got $48.5 million deal and there was $20 million that guaranteed on a six-year contract. So 
it was negotiated by his agent, but recently he has decided, uh, and it's come out this week, that he's decided to, to go into that free agent period without an agent, and he's going to try and negotiate the contract himself. He's said that you know he's got all through the NFL to this point, and why give up uh, you know some of the, the cutoff at, say, 3%, 5% to somebody for negotiating the deal, he's going to try and do it himself. So we do see some of the rookies coming out now and doing it, but that is more down to the, the fact that it is you know, a, a set structure and you get what you get for where you come in the draft. And it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And, uh, you know, obviously he'll get an extra cut of the money himself, but hopefully he can negotiate all the terms uh, correctly and, you know, not get himself into an illegal situation with uh, how payments might be structured. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. And, you know, if it goes well for him, maybe other players will follow suit. Of course, there's players around the league. A lot of them are highly educated, but some of them will maybe more financially aware than others. And uh, maybe Russell Kuhn is one of those. Player who's in free agents at the minute and looking to get a contract in this Reggie Wayne. And I was quite sure at the end of last season when, you know, he, he, he was released by the Colts that that would be the end of his career. I thought he would call it a day then retire because last season he struggled with injuries he had a tricep injury to end his season last year and just uh, didn't really look all that explosive but he's looking for another team he wants to play obviously with a contender he doesn't want to waste time uh, with a team that might have a you know maybe a three win season but it's going to be interesting to see if anyone picks him up there was word that teams like the Patriots the Packers the Texans as well were looking for him and uh, I was very surprised when I seen the Patriots name, or the, sorry, the Packers name mentioned in that discussion because if you look, they have Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, among other talented receivers. Uh, you know, Aberderis still there. They did draft Troy Montgomery this year too uh, in the draft. And I think if you look around the team, you know, I know Quarles got himself into a bit of trouble. They've had a tight end. They have Richard Rodgers, Eddie Lacy can catch the ball, James Starks. The list goes on. So I was very surprised to see them linked. I can't see anything happening on that perspective. The other one was uh, the Patriots. Obviously, I think they do need a little bit of help at wide receiver. But then again, what's the contract? Maybe he'll take a smaller uh, contract. You know, it'll be a one-year deal anyway. But how much money is in that contract? Maybe if he thinks there's a chance at a Super Bowl, he'll take a little bit less. I thought the Texans might be a realistic option. But then uh, I think they've come out since. And, you know, well, not the team, but beat reporters have said that they don't think there's much interest there in it. But it's going to be interesting to see. And obviously, he wants to play another year. And uh, maybe he's just putting out this story to try and get a little bit more interest from some of the other teams. But I thought he would have called it a day, but he's going to try for another year. And that is Reggie Wayne, former Colts uh, wide receiver. Last piece of news now, up before we get into the Q&A with Jake Bell. And that is... Sam Bradford is backing himself in 2015 to produce and he's coming back off two knee injuries back-to-back seasons hasn't been healthy in some time and you know a lot of people are talking about even fantasy football wise the the quarterback situation for the Eagles you have Mark Sanchez down there you have Sam Bradford and of course uh, who could forget Mr. Tim Tebow but you know we're probably looking here we're looking at Sam Bradford versus Mark Sanchez to see who starts at quarterback and Bradford up even last week you know he's not moving too freely on that knee so it's going to be one to monitor I still think that Sanchez probably has the upper hand here obviously Bradford was traded to the Eagles from the Rams and uh, obviously there was reason for that with the the, you know Chip Kelly must obviously have uh, have like what he's seen and um, but again I think a lot of this comes down to injury obviously there's situations in it whether if he plays all 16 games or percentage of 16 games varies the draft pick that will go from the Eagles to the Rams and the guaranteed money in the contract as well is issued in that. So I uh, I think overall that we're looking here, I think Sam, Sam Bradford's going to struggle to be fit, to be honest, for the start of the season. But if he is, I think he will likely be the starter. But I wouldn't rule out Mark Sanchez just yet down there 
in Philadelphia, as strange as that is to, to say out of my mouth, not ruling Mark Sanchez out. But when, when he's got a time in uh, Philadelphia, he has made some mistakes. I remember back to the Seahawks game last year, but a lot of people make mistakes against the Seahawks uh, defense. Uh, that's no surprise. But, um, you know, Bradford's knee injury, I think, is something that we do have to take a very, very closer look at. And we're getting close to the, the season now. Training camp's opening up. And if you're not starting to get close to 100% at this stage, it's uh, it's a real uphill stretch to get ready for the start of the season because you're missing those snaps and so on and so forth. So we'll see uh, what happens there. So after that there, that's really the, the news of the last week or so. And we're going to get into the Q&A now. You might hear some slight bits of background noise from time to time in it because it was recorded in, uh, at the opening of uh, the Elvery's NFL range. And uh, overall, uh, I thought there was some very interesting discussion here. He, he got DJ one time. I thought it was quite funny that, you know, just being polite, DJ said, uh, sorry, Joyke, before he asked the question. And Joyke says, uh, what, are you, what are you sorry about? So got a good laugh from the crowd. And a, a couple. Of, I thought the question that really was interesting to me um, uh, and uh, fitness and training and uh, he talked about the diet and how his off-season program goes and he's talking about you'll find it interesting I think too when you hear how much these NFL players put into getting that diet right and uh, I thought that was a very fascinating bit because you hear stuff from around the NFL a lot and you, a lot of it sometimes is generic answers but I, he went into a bit more detail and I thought it was very very interesting and uh, hopefully you'll find the answers interesting too. Uh, DJ asked him about the the snowball game down in Philadelphia a few years ago, and then other guys from around uh, the Irish kind of NFL scene were down there too. There was a couple of guys from NFL Ireland down there, uh, Steve McDonald down there representing them. Then Robbie Dunn was there, Connor Philpott. You'll have seen his stuff on OvertimeIreland.com. You'll have heard him here a couple of times on the podcast as well. Was there and Carlos Shaughnessy also down there. So a good a good crew of guys from the Irish uh, NFL media scene. And uh, of course, if I've left anyone out. Uh, that was there I apologize because actually it was DJ was at the event I couldn't make it down and uh, sorry if I, I slipped anyone's name out we also uh, he also met up with Jackie Turrell of uh, Kilkenny Harlan team and uh, Mossy Quinn down there off the Dublin Gaelic team and both of those big NFL fans and uh, we're going to probably get them on in a few weeks to have a little bit of fun talking fantasy football as well so uh, looking forward to that so a great event uh, lots of People down there getting to meet Joyke and getting to hear him answer some questions. So a lot of fun, a good event organised. And uh, congratulations to all at Elvery's Ireland on that event that they obviously held down in Dundrum. So I'll, I'll stop talking, I'll stop rambling on, and I'll let you get into the question and answers session here. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this one. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. You went undrafted. Uh, were signed by the Bills in 2010. Yeah, that's correct. Cool. Um, and so you went through uh, the entirety of uh, rookie mini camps and training camp with them. Is yeah, that true? Correct. Um, so how did it feel as your first training camp to be uh, an undrafted rookie? Were you nervous the whole time, or just happy to be there? Or how, I was how happy to be there. I was. I won't say happy to be there. I think that's kind of out of context. I think I was more so happy to have the opportunity to play there. I feel. Yeah. I wanted to make the most of it. I want to size up uh, my talent with other players, other caliber players. And I really wanted to see kind of where I fit in. And once I got there and I played, I realized I knew I could play in this league. And uh, once I knew I could play in this league, uh, personally, personally, um, that gave me all the confidence I needed. What is the toughest challenge for the Lions this season in their division and uh, for their goals in general? Is it facing the Packers or what do you uh, what do you think is going to be the toughest thing this season? Uh, it's not what we need to do to beat the Packers. We don't come in to see. We don't train this whole off season the same. But we got to beat the Packers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, 
we just come in, you know, uh, one model that we live by, um, um, every day you even getting better, you getting worse. So we just want to be better than what we were yesterday. Uh, we, knew some, we knew some of the mistakes that we made last year and the mistakes we made in the previous year before that. And if you go back and look at the penalties that we had in 2013 or 14 when Coach Caldwell came in, that they dropped tremendously. And uh, we just had to continue to um, stay on that pattern. Good question. Um, the Lions, I suppose, sometimes have a reputation as, as being some sort of bad boys, like I the mean, Raiders. We are bad boys. <laughs> we are you, bad boys. Uh, is it something that, I suppose, maybe, maybe more under Coach Schwartz than, than, than under Coach Caldwell? But uh, I think people take take that out of context. I mean, I'm not going to say we're bad boys, but we're not going to be bullied. But yeah. that's what I mean. Is that something you embrace? And no yeah. one's over you. I mean, that, and that's always been, I, you know, that's always been a, D, a Detroit mentality. But um, as far as the team, like my teammates coming from different areas, I think it's like, it's kind of a tradition there. Like it, it's just it's just how we play. It's who we are. We're not gonna be bullied. We're not gonna be bullied around. You know, you push us, we push back. Um, but we do it within the whistles. We do it within the whistles. Do you think losing? Sue this year is going to have an effect on that mentality? <laughs> huh? No, that mentality, like I said, it's a, it's a tradition. and just how things are done there where we are. And, um, you know, Sue was a great player. Uh, definitely uh, probably one of the best, if not the best, at his position in the league right now. Uh, commend on what he's done. But at the same time, this is a team sport, and not one man, not one man can win a Super Bowl by itself. So... You spent some time in London as well recently. Uh, what are your thoughts on possibility, potentially, of a, of a franchise permanently residing in London? I think I think the more that the uh, the NFL brands grows, um, brand grows. Uh, I think the reality of having a team in London is uh, relatively close. Um, I want to say close, probably a few years, probably probably before 2020, uh, especially seeing the. The feedback that that they're getting from the city, and you know, all the great things that is that is coming about from us coming there, playing games there, and seeing like our our fan base growing, you know, in England. So um, I think it's going to be um, relatively soon. Just because you're sitting in the back, you, you can ask a couple. Go ahead. You got a question on your mind? Yeah. No chance. <laughs> What sort of training would you be doing this time of year? This time of year, um, so this time of year, July, around the end of June to July, I fly out to um, California. I train at my, uh, I train at a facility there. I've been doing it for the past three years. It really works for me. Um, we break off as a team around mid June. I take a week off and I come back and I hit it hard for uh, a good month and a half. Um, Come back to Detroit a week before the season, if I can get back adjusted to the Eastern Time Zone. Um, then I'll report back to camp. Uh, I'll report back to camp whenever the date is set, and then um, from that point on, uh, the train is moving. The train is moving. Sorry, Joey. You played in the snow bowl game in Philadelphia in 2013. Was that the toughest conditions? Um, yeah, I mean, I never played in any conditions like that before. Um, and then uh, with the NFL rules, when you have when you're playing on the grass field, you can't shovel. You can't shovel the the, the snow. I mean, the snow is almost a foot high. 
And uh, before the game, I mean, you can see the grass. There's no snow. We come in for our pregame. We come in for our pregame um, speech, and and we go back outside, and just the whole field is covered in snow. You know, it was just like that. The conditions changed. We came back in for halftime. I think 95% of the team had to change out their cleats and get longer cleats put in. But um, definitely was a, uh, as far as condition-wise, was a tough game. I uh, even asked one of the coaches. He said he's never coached he's never coached anything like that before. And uh, yeah, tough game, but hey, that's football. You have to play, you have to play in the elements. And that's one thing that's great about this sport. There's not too many other sports that's gonna play in foot high, snow, uh, tennis, golf, baseball. Yeah, not happening. Yeah. So uh, Reggie Bush is out, and Amir um, Abdullah has been. Uh, Drafted. How are you feeling about your uh, your your uh, prospects this season? I'd say your 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 carries will go, no doubt. What your carries next next season? Yeah. With uh, uh, Amir Abdullah and Reggie Bush is now gone. Yeah, I mean I don't, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a coach. We have a lot of great players on our team, and a lot of places you can put the ball from running or to throwing putting the ball in the air. We have a guy like Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, and an arm like uh, arm with um, Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, it's gonna, the ball is going to be moved around a lot. And we have a, a good backfield with picking up Amir, who is a great player. He, he's coming in, he's learning the playbook. I mean, he had, I mean, a talented, a talented kid uh, who's, who's going to do nothing but get better. And you have Theo Riddick, who's, who's been proving himself every year uh, to, to step up and you know, take on that lead. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be, um, he's going to be called upon this year. And, um, I know he's ready. Uh, just by the way he's been practicing, the way that he's been been a leader in our in our OTAs and our in our practices, I know he's ready for that for that challenge. And as far as me, uh, my carries, I'm never thinking about that too much. <laughs> I mean, we are we have too much to think about and think about how many times you're gonna touch the ball. I let the coaches worry about that. And when it's my time, it's my time. Could you see yourself a little bit more as a leader in that group now? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm, you know, I'm the old guy in the room. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, last year I was probably the fourth, of, the fourth oldest cat there, and we lost our three, three or four other veterans. And then, um, you know, within a year's time, and now I'm that guy now. You know, and so um, obviously the young guy looking for me for leadership. At the same time, it's something that I. I've been doing my whole career until I got to the NFL, and so now that I have my opportunity to be in the NFL, I'm kind of back home now. Where do you, you've obviously hopefully a number of healthy seasons left in you at this stage, but where do you see your future after football? Is it coaching? Is it management? Is it uh, you know what, man? That's a good thing about me, man. I have options. Um, I'm going back to school to get my master's, and you know, I have a, a couple of ideas that I, that I might want to do uh, when I'm done playing. I might sit down for a couple of years, and I might just follow my son's high school career, or I might go back into coaching. Going back into coaching means a lot of man hours, and uh, I want to be able to spend time with my family when I'm done playing. So um, when I'm done playing, who knows? I might go right back into to working in the front office or doing something, or I might just go back to my son's high school and coach his team and watch my son play and you know watch him live his dream. 
position is of some type? Um, he plays running back. <laughs> Who's his favorite running back? <laughs> uh, 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 he likes AP. <laughs> Chris Johnson. He likes he likes Chris Johnson. I think that's number, his number two favorite back. I don't know who his number one back is. When, you can, uh, when you were in high school, you played a bit of quarterback. Was that anything that ever came up again? Or yeah, I play I play a quarterback sophomore year, high school. Um, to my team undefeated season. Went back, played my senior year, a little bit of quarterback, a little bit of running back. Um, college, um, we did a wildcat offense, so they put me at quarterback. I would throw a couple passes here and there. I threw about one touchdown per a year, nothing special. And then um, I was going to the NFL and kind of doing my background. Uh, we would practice a couple pass plays with me, but I just never caught it. You're not, you're not nagging coach. Put me in yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, you know I give him a little tuck. Those, and, those, uh, those games that are won, you know. Tugging on the back of his coach, man. You may not play me around the practice, you might. You know. Anybody can hit coach yeah. Johnson. Yeah, no. yeah, just. Calvin will catch it. Okay, all right. So just, you know, just throw Calvin out there. I'll throw it up to him. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is one of the very last workhorse running backs in the NFL, like getting most of the carries. Do you think that's kind of over now, or do you think the running back by committee will now just be the standard in the NFL? Running back by committee? Like, will that be kind of good now? There won't be any more. I don't know. It'll be, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, it depends on what the team needs and on the player. Um, I mean, teams are going uh, are going that route for the simple fact. Um, 60 games in this league is a lot of games. And, um, and um, some teams might feel they can get more out their run game they have multiple running backs. And so, like I said, this depends on the player and on what the team needs. You're a vet now. Okay, so I'm just, a vet now. Just to kind of <laughs> follow up on that, that, do you reckon the kind of, kind of running backs that are coming out of college now are more predisposed, and the type of football they're playing in college, are more predisposed to fit in that committee system rather than a guy who's going to get the ball 25, 30 times a game? Yeah, like I said, it depends on the player. Yeah. Um, you know, Marshawn Lynch is one of those players who, the more, I mean, is, <laughs> the older he got in the league, the better he got, you know. And um, he's definitely uh, definitely a force to be working with on the field, definitely a, a, a playmaker. Yeah, a guy that you have to, a guy that you have to game plan against. You know, some teams might have running backs. You might have to game plan. You might game plan the receiver, or game plan the quarterback, or you know. So, you know, you play against Marshawn. It's like we have to shut the run down, not the pass. Shut down the run, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, a lot is made of the, re- the relationship between a cornerback and his offensive line. Yeah. But the relationship between you and the O line is just as important. Just as important. Do you bring them in for, for fancy meals and? Oh yeah, I bring them. I bring them. So every Saturday, every home game, uh, like for instance, we came out to London last year. We took our whole offensive line out to STK Steakhouse, and uh, me and Reggie split the bill. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like a half a year salary. So, <laughs> especially in London, and um, now nah, we um, had dinner there. And then every Saturday, every home game, um, every Saturday morning, I bring in breakfast for O line. Yeah, so, make sure you take care of the O line. They take care of you. The Chicago Bears had a notorious bad defense in the last few years. Did you, did you ever make play yourself kind of rubbing your hands together, thinking, "Here we go against"? Uh, treat every game the same way. I'm always rubbing my hands. Yeah. I treat every game the same way. Uh, rather, it's, uh, the numbers didn't show it, um, but 
Chicago Sioux had a good defense and they're a tough team to beat, especially a team in your division. Um, you know, when you play, you play any team in your division, it's always like uh, that game counts for two. Yeah, that game's always like it counts for two. And, um, you know, I always, I always enjoy playing our division games because they, they're kind of more, they're kind of more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a little bit, it's a little bit more intense. You know, you you go into every game expecting it to be a hard fought game, but we're playing your rivals, and it's just a little bit more intense. You mentioned dinner and breakfast. I mean, what what would a typical day of eating entail for an NFL room? You know, every everybody's body is different. Uh, for instance, I went and you know, uh, we take our diet very seriously because you, know, you only get out what you put in, and so. I do everything from um, after, so I have I have a lot of hair, and so um, I go to um, I go to this uh, a place that make customized um, um, vitamin pills for you. You cut up, I cut up one of my hair, one of my locks. I give it to them. They'll analyze my hair. They'll tell me the exact everything that my um, that my diet is missing, and things that I'm lacking. Um, and um, they'll make they'll customize uh, packages of, of vitamins I should take daily, and then um, I do blood work. I take my blood. I send it to um, to these scientists. And they'll do a study on my blood to let me know uh, what foods causes my body to inflame, causes inflammation in my body, what foods I need to avoid, what foods I can eat, every everything down from from meats, uh, grains, all the way down to spices. Everything that's good for my body, what's not good for my body, and then um, I take all that into consideration. Uh, I got passed that along to my chef and my nutritionist. They team up and they make a meal plan for me, off the based off the information that I give them uh, with my uh, food sensitivity test from the scientists. And then um, from that point on, that's kind of the diet I keep myself strictly on. That's kind of how I base my diet. Would you waver much in the off season, like? few McDonald's here and there or you no, stay, stay strict nah. the whole way all, all year round? No, no, no. You don't stay strict the whole way. You stay strict probably uh, when you report back as a team in April, you kind of get back on it a little bit. Just a little bit. When we break in mid-June and I go train by myself in L.A. is when I really get strict with it. Um, and then from I might have like one cheap day out the whole month and, um, and that cheap day might not be too much either. And then uh, from that point on into the season, I try to stay on it. But, you know, you have your weak moments during the season. We say, you know what, Thanksgiving's here. My whole family's here. I'm going to eat good. <laughs> yeah. Eat good, sit down, watch the other games. Yeah. We'll get my guy at the end right here. I'm a cameraman. <laughs> so that means you don't have no question. Uh, no, I've probably got a few questions. Um, Dang. <laughs> well, out of, out of curiosity, I mean, just divisionally, you kind of mentioned Packers and Bears. Yeah. The Vikings seem from the outside like they may be on the rise this season with Chris Water yeah. and a growing defense. Yeah, the, the quarterback is about, you know, every team starts with their quarterback, and their quarterback is really developing. Um, when you have a good quarterback, I mean, you, you know, that gives you a chance, it gives you a shot. And if you can tell by the last time we played him from the first time we played him the second time, that uh, he developed a lot. Uh, throughout the season, and so I'll give him a whole off season to get prepared. Uh, I'm pretty sure his um, his franchise is looking for looking um, from a lot of things from him.
uh, I think he'll be able to deliver. Sorry, Jerry. Are you excited about returning to Wembley this year? And were you surprised last year by the knowledge of the fans over in Europe? What you sorry about? Repeat what you saying. Repeat that for me. Are you excited about returning to Wembley this year? Were you surprised by the knowledge of the fans over in Europe? I was. I was. I was. I, not by the knowledge, but I was by the fan base. Uh, by the fan base, I was. I'm pretty surprised. And um, coming over to Wembley was my first time in London, so I was just happy to be here. And um, definitely a beautiful city. Um, I can't remember where they had us stand at the time, uh, but it was on the outskirts. But we were able to come down on certain days for dinner and come down to London. Definitely a beautiful, a beautiful city. You're saying earlier on about trash talk and that kind of stuff. Is there anybody you really like to play against? Because you know it's going to be a, a fun day. Like who's the, the linebacker or the lineman who you know that? You're going to have a day with? Um, I really don't know because I really, I usually like to play against, um, actually I met a play Miami and uh, one of the linebackers, um, he was, he's actually in London now. Don't fall, honey, don't fall. <laughs> and um, he was actually, he's actually in London now and we had to go at it when we played a little bit. Uh, I kind of pushed him right before the whistle ended. And he got to push me out to the whistle. It wasn't a hard push, but I flopped really hard <laughs> and got a penalty. We got another 15 yards, so I, you know, I did some good acting on it. And then for the rest of the game, he was kind of head hunting me, looking for me the rest of the game. And um, I was kind of expecting it. I think next time we play each other, I think we'll have a go at it again. Who was that? Vernon. Yeah, Vernon. Yeah, but um, I, I didn't know who was going to be here today. I, I met him. I didn't know who he was in the game, but I saw a feature. I said, it looked look familiar. And then I, I told him about what happened. He said, yeah, that was you. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> and we just sat down. We laughed about it, man. We had a good, we had, we had a good go about it. And then, um, no, definitely a big linebacker. And, and so now I got to be careful. No, I don't care. I'll push anybody. <laughs> the Wembley game is a 9.30 a.m. start for you guys based on Detroit time. Yeah. Is that really challenging? Hmm. <laughs> no, no, no challenge. We'll be here for a whole week, so we'll have enough time to get adjusted to the time time zone here. I only ask because I support the Raiders and they can't seem to win when they play in the East Coast at or one ever or one o'clock. So yeah. I wonder what the challenge of playing in London is. So. Okay. Well, right now I'm we're undefeated in um, in London, so I'm keeping that streak. Do you think players now will start considering more about retiring early because of the increase in concussions? Well. Uh, is is you know what? It's kind of tough to say because uh, the awareness of concussion now is way more high than what it was then, and um, the science behind it now is way better than what it was then. Um, the study on it is way more than what it was then, uh, but at the same time, you know, um, it, it still can happen. So it's it's on each um, player's um, discretion. So just wondering, you you said you could. If you didn't run more than 1,200 yards a season, you'd be disappointed. Does that mean that the coach and you coach now has changed the passing game to more of a... Um, so let's so this, this get this correct. I, I think I was misquoted. <laughs> Guy asked me what was my goal for the season. It was a prediction. I said my goal for the season, I mean, if I had it myself, I'd say it's 400 yards. Uh, you know, just considering all the sacrifices I made this offseason, the work I put in... Uh, I'd be disappointed. Um, as long as I'm going through the season, 100%. And, um, you know, we can go through the season 100%. 
and um, I see my O-line working every day. My O-line is really beefed up, and um, they look really good. Uh, I see no reason why not. You know? But at the same time, if I don't, and we make the playoffs, I don't care. <laughs> you know? My biggest, my only concern is my team making going deep into making making the playoff run, and hopefully one day getting the Super Bowl. But at the same time, most of the teams who do go that far in the playoffs usually have a running back that's over a thousand yard rushing. You have to be able to take your run game with you um, in the latest middle part of the season. And so um, I want to take on that challenge. And the only way I can take on that challenge is saying, you know, putting on a piece of paper what I want and turning that dream into a goal and making that goal a reality. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. So that was the Q&A with Joyke Bell. I really enjoyed some of the stories in that. thought... Uh, good questions asked by all involved there mentioned them all before and again if i forgot any names uh, i do apologize for that <laughs> be sure and uh, give us a, a tweet and uh, give out to us but uh, i really um really uh, really enjoyed listening to that one not much else to discuss outside of of course if it's your first time listening to the show hopefully you enjoyed hopefully you'll go to itunes or stitch or whatever you listen to it on hit subscribe uh, come back every week and listen to the show i hope also that uh, you'll feel it in your heart of hearts to uh, give us a rating and uh, a nice comment there on itunes because they all do help us keep spreading the word off overtime ireland our twitter handle is at overtime ireland on twitter our email is overtime ireland at gmail.com and of course the website is overtime ireland.com so do check out all those we'll be starting to get more people involved uh, writing on the site and so on and so forth in the next few weeks if you're interested in writing some nfl this season do get in touch obviously twitter or the email best way to do that and uh, the other thing is a couple of fantasy leagues on the run at the moment and uh, anyone interested in getting involved in those do hit us up as well uh, via email or on the twitter uh, if you're interested in playing some redraft leagues we have a couple of fantasy leagues we, the dynasty style that we started up one last year drafting another one this year at the present moment and uh, Jack Bell uh, one of the players that we uh, traded for this off season as well in that uh, overtime Ireland dynasty league so hoping that uh, his 1200 yards on the field uh, comes to fruition there but as a Packers fan hopefully uh, it doesn't lead them to a playoff berth and hopefully the Packers do that this year again by winning that NFC North So uh, until I'm back next week with another show, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this one. Uh, My name's Colin Kelly. Do, uh, Do stay tuned to that at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. And until then, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 